Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Christmas Day, 1610. Armed with swords, golden crosses, and blazing torches, Hungarian soldiers and Roman Catholic priests storm up a steep hill towards the imposing black spires of Chachitze Castle. The fortress was once home to the notorious Black Knight of Hungary, a warrior renowned for slaughtering Turks in battle and using vicious methods to extract information from his prisoners. Now it is the residence of his widow, a dark and mysterious woman from the ruling family of Transylvania, whose bloodlines can be traced to the greatest kings and warriors of Hungary and Poland. She is a powerful enemy, but the dark rumors surrounding her lair, the mysterious reports of missing women and girls, must be investigated. Justice must be done. The soldiers bang on the door of her castle, their knocks echoing through the torch-lit halls and blood-soaked chambers of the grim palace. The door slowly creaks open. What the priests and soldiers find inside is a scene of pure horror. When asked to testify about their discoveries at trial, the lead investigator simply refused. He said that the intimate details of what he discovered in the grim chambers of Chachitze Castle that evening were simply too gruesome to recall. But today the world remembers. They have heard the stories of the sadistic torture devices, the bathtubs filled with the warm blood of slain virgins, the horrors of the blood countess. From her influence on the stories of vampire lore that followed, to her infamous claim as perhaps being one of history's first female serial killers, the name Elizabeth Bathory only resonates one type of emotion from those that hear it, that of dread and terror. Hello and welcome back to Badass of the Week. My name is Ben Thompson and I am here as always with my co-host, Dr. Pat Larish. Pat, thank you so much. We are here on a very spooky day. And uh, how are things going yes. for you? How's your Halloween? Uh, going okay. I've picked up a lot of trick-or-treat candy to hand out to my students and or neighborhood children. Mm. And it's getting into fall weather, so leaves are falling off the trees, at least in the northern hemisphere. At least at this side of the world. Yeah, we have a very special guest today. Um, we are joined by by Tani Caesar, who has a podcast called Unhinged History. And um, we are already pretty unhinged at Badass of the Week, but I think we can really up our game for, for Halloween. Um, and and Tani, you are joining us from the mm -hmm. Southern Hemisphere, where it is not cold and spooky. G'day, and, g'day. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is hot as hell. Uh, which is pun is intended, and <laughs> it, there's pollen everywhere, and the antihistamines are out. Um, so you know, not really thinking about Halloween just yet, but we'll get mm -hmm. there when it turns nighttime. I think. 
Right. And, <laughs> and we were yeah. talking a little before the show and you said that kind of Halloween is, is more of a, a U.S. thing. It's not really a... It is. Well, I mean, it's a more, it's just a Northern Hemisphere thing, I think. And then it's been an Americanized and now it's sort of come over to Australia, but it's not as big of a, definitely not as big of a deal um, down under. <laughs> but you know free lollies will get anyone going so <laughs> that's fair enough you know that's why it's catching on you get you get to dress up in yeah. dress up in crazy costumes yeah. and get candy there's worse things right yeah yeah i got my, yeah, yeah. I got my exactly. pumpkin spice latte here while we're gonna talk about vlad the impaler right 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 <laughs> yeah lovely spirits. <laughs> Nothing says torture and mutilation like nutmeg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is why it's unhinged, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show for people who might not have been exposed to it yet? Um, uh, yeah, why don't you kind of give us the, the overview of Unhinged? Yeah. Um, so Unhinged History is uh, my long-form content, really from my TikTok. So I started TikToking a while ago now and uh, realized that my closet history buff hobby weirdness was actually <laughs> enjoyable for people to watch, you know? So that sort, of, <laughs> that sort of took off. And then I realized that, um, yeah, short form just isn't enough for some of these stories. So I started the podcast on Hinge History. Um, it's been going for not that long now, uh, but yeah, it's been really fun. And this is probably the second under unhinged history. This is, yeah, you'll be the second interview like style podcast. So uh, I'm excited and grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so this episode will, will air on your show as well as on ours and a slightly different yeah. version of it, but you can listen to them both and get all the same great content. I don't know. Hello <laughs> on um, all platforms and click every bell. <laughs> yes. Click all those, yes. smash that like button yes. and don't forget to subscribe and <laughs> leave a comment below. Uh, yeah. So we are going to be talking about some pretty unhinged characters for our Halloween episode today. Um, Pat, do you want to tell us who we're going to be talking about? Because <laughs> it's 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 pretty intense, pretty intense subject matter. Yeah, it's pretty intense subject matter, and this episode will be gruesome. So, listeners, make an informed decision. Yes, uh, we're going to talk about two infamous badasses: Elizabeth Bathory, known famously as the Blood Countess, and also. Vlad the Third Tepesh, known as Vlad the Impaler, who was inspiration, at least in part, for Bram Stoker's Dracula, the vampire, <laughs> who we all think of as like the famous vampire, the one who inspired the Count on Sesame Street, et cetera, et cetera. I refer to all vampires as Draculas, just FYI. I think that's, oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's so funny. To, <laughs> yeah. there's, it's never not funnier yeah. to, to interchange Dracula for vampire. <laughs> and also not me knowing until not that long ago that Transylvania was actually a real place and not just a movie like setting for yeah it's Count weird Dracula. right and it doesn't show yeah. up on any maps <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah we are we are we are in transylvania we are in all of these these fun mm -hmm. plays we're talking about dracula's in transylvania uh, it should be uh they did, they did exist <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 
it is a real place. And uh, yes, and it's not a, uh, a state in the United States next to New Jersey. It is in Eastern Europe. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania, so... <laughs> I'm going to interject with a joke. I was watching this podcaster and he was asked, what's your favorite part of the Renaissance? And he goes, what, the fair or the restaurant? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm glad you clarified because I really do think it's necessary to clarify. <laughs> yeah, Transylvania is yeah. in, in uh, Slovakia and Romania. Yeah. It's like across Romania, the border, right? Yeah. And yeah, like it's like all Eastern Europe, it's kind of one of these places that has been in a lot of different. It was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah. It was owned by Hungary different yeah. times. Like yeah, yeah. people have fought over it for a long time. Saxons had it for a while. Like everybody's kind of fought over this place, which is how it got its reputation for being bloody. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so Dracula's in Transylvania. That's the theme of this uh, very special uh, Halloween episode. And uh, we are mm -hmm. going to take a really quick break. And then when we get back, we are going to start talking about the first of these two people who really heavily influenced the Dracula myth. Um, Tani is going to talk to us about Elizabeth Bathory. So we'll be right back. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back. And Tani, why don't you get us started on the story of uh, Elizabeth Bathory, the blood countess? Let's take it away. <laughs> um, all right. Bathory. I've heard her name pronounced so many ways as Elizabeth. And then I can't, I, I don't have the inflection. I'm Australian. We swallow all our words. You know, I can't. Like, <laughs> anyway. So, Lizzie. <laughs> Um, Lizzie B. Wow. What a, what a, what a lady. Um, I think I'm going to start just with a, what a, with a little bit of preface to this because she is amongst historians, a little bit of a controversial individual. Why? Because, um, a lot of what we know or believe we know about her is upon assumption we'll get into the very morbid details of that, uh, or third party witnesses, which we'll also get into the morbid details of. Um, and then there's a, a group of scholars that are like, yeah, but this guy said this. And then some people think we think that maybe she just got set up cause she was rich. And then that, that guy wanted no money. So blah, blah, blah. But then also there's a whole bunch of other stuff, which, at least convinces me of a lot of things that went down. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's something that we were coming across when we were researching this too, where it's like, did she get a bad rap? Maybe, but she probably also did a lot of really messed up stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Did they mm -hmm. exaggerate yeah. it 10% yeah. or did they exaggerate it 80%? It's hard to say for sure yeah. because that sort of thing yeah. happens. Or to be the devil's advocate. I don't even know if I use that term right, but it felt right because de whatever. Um, We're just going to be making those kinds of puns all episode, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Halloween. Roll with it. 
Um, the other side of the coin is that she was no, well, she was a part of a huge noble, very wealthy family. So if it got out that she did some like quirky, kinky, freaky, sadistic stuff too much, well, that would tarnish the name of the whole ass family. Right. So Mm -hmm. then there's that side of it. It's like, well, how much don't we know? So it could be either or, but it is, but we'll tell the story as we, we have details of it. That was just my very long uh, preface and trigger warning. Blood will be involved. (laughs) So you're saying that depending on how you, depending on what we don't know what reality is, maybe the reality is exaggerated a lot or a little, or maybe the reality is underreported. Exactly. A little or a lot. Yeah. And based on what we do have records of the underreporting that was done by her. She did a lot of covering up herself. We know that. So anyway, moving forward. Um, so it's but probably 15... probably a bad person. <laughs> probably legitimately did some bad things. Yeah. Right. There's a probably, lot of like yeah. you know there there have been attempts in the past uh, over the last you know years to rehab her image a little bit. I think she probably did a lot of bad stuff, and that's just me talking. Yeah. But a lot of the ev- the evidence seems overwhelming that some bad stuff was happening in the tortured dungeons of her creepy castle. <laughs> Torture not not really great. So right. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so basically we're in 1560, Transylvania, which we've covered, that is a real place. Um, (laughs) Yes. And so her uncle was Stephen Bathory. Um, Now, he was the Duke of Transylvania and mates with Vlad the Impaler. Is that right? That's true. Oh, yeah, her uncle. Yeah, yeah. They fought the the Turks together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That is right. Um, so she, when she was a young girl, she, people tortured back then. They did public killings. It was a gruesome time. It was wartime as well. People were subjected to a a lot of, uh, traumatizing stuff. So that's the first thing. You'd never want to go back in time. You would never want to go back in history to any other time period. This is the middle Middle Ages. This is torture racks and Iron Maidens and all that stuff, right? Geneva Convention hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, no. (laughs) And freezing. Anyway. Um, Now, in this period, so we're talking about noble families, um, big names, the Bathory's, the Hasbergs, blah, blah, blah. We all know that they were all mess uh torture was common practice in this time for um nobility for their slaves so they were able to torture however they wished for their slaves if they killed a slave all they had to do was pay a fine to the family for the deceased slave so um that is kind of where Bathory got away with a lot of things for a very long time because she just kept it to her slaves and we'll get there. But that's, that's something important context of the days that, that, that was allowed. Yeah. They were, they were your people. You do whatever you want with them. They're fine. Or they, you own them, right? You're, they're your peasants and your slaves and your whatever. Like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like your property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
basically to give the quick chronology of her life, she, uh, was prone to epileptic seizures as a child, which is interesting. Um, Hmm. because that was contained by the family. Cause remember at this point in time, we've got the whole Catholic Protestant situation going on and, I guess epilepsy wasn't really understood and the demons within sort of situation. So her, the, the epilepsy was like, don't tell anyone about that. Yeah. She would go into these fit, fits of rage. So she, she probably had, you know, something. Now she got engaged at 11. You heard that right. Engaged at 11. Um, got pregnant while horse playing with a 14 year old boy. <laughs> got pregnant mm. at 11. Um, yeah. yeah. How did the family deal with this? Um, goodbye, baby. <laughs> they were unhappy. <laughs> this is awkward. Terrible, terrible job. And then we're going to marry you off at 15 to, to mm. a noble person or whatever. I don't really know where the baby went, to be honest. <laughs> Like nobody yeah. does. That's the great. That's the. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep this one under wraps. I think. Uh, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, and and her husband is her husband's a, a good character too. His name is uh his. Well, I can't pronounce his name. I'm gonna throw it to Pat. That's one thing on our show is that Pat uh does the good pronunciations. Um, Ferenc Nadajdi or Nadajdi Ferenc, if you want to do it the Hungarian way. Good old. <laughs> right so he's the black knight he's called the black knight <laughs> so the black knight. That's yeah there how, we go <laughs> that's how he's remembered by history black knight and lizzie the blood liquor um yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they're, they're, they're really a match made in heaven even at 15 <laughs> yeah, a, literally, yeah a... literally <laughs> so and just like keep in mind australians use nicknames for everything so some weird stuff's going to come out of my mouth and it is what it I is. I love yeah. it. Um, so anyway, she's married off to the Black Knight because we can't pronounce his first name. Um, and they uh, were literally a match made, I would argue, in like in the seventh player of Dante's Inferno uh, violence. So at the time, uh, the Black Knight was basically in battle a lot. Um, it was a very gruesome time against the Ottoman Empire. Um, and he was particularly known for his creative and sadistic torture methods. And so they basically had this like weird, I mean, it's not, they, they, they obviously loved it. I feel like I don't, I don't know the capacity of this if they like loved each other or were capable of love, but it seemed like they really loved each other because they wrote to each other all the time. Um, and Bathory would ask about details to do with like the intricate, disgusting ways that the black Knight tortured human beings. And then he would write back instructions and encourage her to do it to her servant girls. So she starts stabbing servant girls with needles under their fingernails when they get it, get a stitch wrong. Oh, like wrong. sewing needles? Yeah, like sewing needles, just like, oh, you, you did that stitch wrong, like boom, 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 like that's, um, and then one time she 
broke the arm of a servant for tugging on her hair too hard when when she was brushing it. Like tugging on Elizabeth's hair? Yeah, so, so the servant was like brushing her hair and she oh. tugged too hard and so naturally the normal reaction is to therefore break her arm. Oh, yeah, totally rational. Completely rational. Punishment fits the crime, you know? <laughs> That's justice. <laughs> um so anyway and and so and so just just to recap here so the black knight is off here fighting turks and torturing prisoners of war which as pat said we don't have the geneva convention yet um and then writing and then elizabeth is writing him letters like oh what'd you do to that and he's like oh dude i put the thing under his nails and then he he talked and told me where all the enemy were and then she goes back and she's like oh cool i'm gonna the next time somebody tugs my hair they're getting the nails that they're getting that needle treatment because I, I got to see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, the letters they were like, "Ha, oh, look what I did!" And then he'd be like, "Try this." And and th- this one letter he sent, he was like, "Take it, take a servant girl, coat her in honey, leave her outside, and then put lip pieces of paper in between each toes and let her die by ants." Hmm. So you know, yeah, the creativity Whoa. was there. Um. I mean, that would be very That's high diabolical. on the list of ways I would not want to die. Yeah. Me too. By ants. Just yeah, like specifically, yeah, but like, and also specifically being burnt between your toes. Like, I, I anyway. While you're being eaten by ants, yeah. like, that just seems like overkill, really. <laughs> and then the blood and the honey. <laughs> Seems like a good a waste of. They were, if they were getting creative. Well, they were rich, so that's how. Honey was probably know. not that easy to come by then. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so be that as it may, they compared notes on... Definitely compared notes. They tried each other's methods. Um, It's sort of, yeah, they bonded, obviously. Uh, Now, as I was saying, she was torturing and killing her servant girls, and that was fine because, again, we were in... this period of of time. Um, But it was when she was introduced to who I like to refer to maybe as her mentor, Anna Davolia. Davolia? How do you, oh, how do you spell this? Let's just go with Anna. Um. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also I like the way that the other part of her name sounds a little bit like diabolical, kind of. Yeah, like diabolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anna, the diabolical. So anyway, the mentor comes along and she's like into witchcraft and into like Satanism, apparently. There's no evidence that she mentored Bathory, but like they lived together and had similar interests, which was torturing young women. So, so anyway, um, now her servants reported that once Anna got to the castle, that's when Elizabeth started getting more and more extreme with her, her measures of, of torture and, and her patience that didn't really exist in the first place didn't completely disappear. I mean, look, just burning your toes and getting you eaten with ants, like, that's nothing. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, it, it, things about to heat up. Literally, heat up. Um, so she turned her castle into, now I'm going to need help with this, Pat, because I can't say this word, Gaiaceum. Is that right? 
Gynecaeum, like um, like the quarters for women, the, yes, the women's women. side of the building. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was the the Greek thing, um, and so she was like, "I'm going to do that," but uh, it instead was definitely not like a safe haven quarters for women. It was like the opposite. It's like where you go to die. Oh, so she set up like a fake like like finishing school, like a fake like a yes, yeah, that's school what, this, for, this for is exactly local it. women, noble women, and peasant yeah. women to come and be trained by a real countess on how to 100%. do all the things that you're supposed to be doing when you are a medieval woman. And then it was So just... it was a finishing school in a different sense. <laughs> yeah, fair. Finishing school in a different sense. I like that. Because <laughs> if you're from a... That was good. If you're from a noble family, you want to intermarry your daughter off to a noble family son. So they need to learn languages, which is really important at this point. Also, like how to dance properly, you know, as balls and things and needlework and blah, blah. So she opens opens the gates to the girlies and all the noble families are like, hell yeah, like that it's the Elizabeth Bathory. Like, of course, we're going to send our girls to this finishing school. Her uncle was friends with Vlad the Impaler. I mean, how can you not send her there? Yeah, <laughs> how can you not send your great. daughter off to this, her creepy castle? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this school set up, there's Anna there, there's Lizzie there. And rumors start like escaping because there were a lot of deaths, not just servant deaths now, but actual noble women, noble girl deaths. Now that, oh, that's not allowed. You can't kill a noble girl. Uh, but she obviously got bored of killing her servants. So she started torturing the noble girls. Now she announced to the, the, area that there was a cholera outbreak in the castle and that's why all these girls were dead and so Ooh. she's calling in the priests right and she would always have the bodies completely covered and the priests were only allowed to look at their faces to identify them that preserved their modesty i'm sure I mean, probably probably uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah plus and you have to prevent the outbreak right you have to like yeah the priests started like chatting with each other and they were like um this girl was like supposed to be you know 15 and she was like the size of a four-year-old child i think she was starved to death or like there were clear lacerations through, you know, like there's something to like sus hmm. suspicions. And then that rumored out. So people were talking, um, but the priest kind of couldn't say anything because hubby who's back from war at this point, black Knight, Yeah. No, she's untouchable while he's alive. So, um, yeah, because he's a big war hero, he's a super violent, like, bloody guy, too. Like, you yeah. really you didn't want to cross him, especially even if you were like a priest, right? Like, this guy exactly. will, uh, will mess you up, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we don't really know the details quite yet, but in 1604, old mate kicks the bucket 
this is the Middle Ages, right? We're talking about six, late six, late 1500s, right? So this is still kind of in, in Eastern Europe, which is, you know, like we're talking kind of medieval, kind of Middle Ages kind of thing. And so oh, for yeah. a more than average number of people to be dying seems significant because people just drop dead all the time in 1590. You know, like it wasn't yeah, that weird for totally. like entire villages to just disappear because somebody got sick and they all died or whatever, right? Like, however, these were the noble women in one of the richest gals in the town's house. So their life expectancy should technically be better because they're... (laughs) They should be expected to live, like, to 30. (laughs) Like, slightly longer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, hubby's dead, but she's rich. And the husband weirdly takes, like, her kids and puts them in custody of... I think his cousin or something. So like, it's probably a good call. I, like, I, feel like the, the, I feel like the husband obviously knew something. Like that to me is like the da na 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 na. Like the husband was like, I'm not leaving my kids with that, with that bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love her. But when you say husband, when you say husband, do you mean Ferenc Nadajdi, the Black Knight? Yes. Yeah. So in the world. Oh, okay. So him, even yeah. he. He was like, yeah, she's, she's, I like her, but she's, she's actually pretty freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah. He left the estate to Lizzie, to Bathory, but took the kids and then gave them to, to uh, Matthias the second. Yeah. So who I think was his cousin, somehow they were related. They're all related at this point. Everybody's related in 1590. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anywho, so now she's touchable because she's alone. Uh, a priest brave enough spoke up and started talking about all the things that they had seen when they were given bodies sort of like at the front gate in the middle of the night, you know, just that. And then the castle was raided by priests and the King of Hungary. So he's like, you know what? We're raiding the castle. So she takes off. And when the priests went in, they quoted that, um, the scene they found was too horrible to recount within the castle so that seems bad a trial begins yes yeah, so that means really 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 bad yeah. too horrible to recount um so there was 300 witness statements okay at this trial and she ain't looking too good to be innocent in in this situation but so she fled and you know she was living in some mountainous area and um <laughs> Kind of, well, she's not looking of... too good. Well, she's not looking too good as a defendant. Her skin is looking amazing, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh crap! They're going to they're going to see all my stuff. I'm going to run. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you were innocent, why would you do that? I don't know. Just saying. Um, and take a whole bunch of money with you, and get in contact with her cousin, who was. He was someone that was important as like a backup plan. Like, what are you, can you bail me out sort of thing? Um, Do you have an army that can protect me from these? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, um, why are you fleeing the country? Anyway, she gets brought back to this trial. 
and that's where all the stuff comes out. So uh, she tortured girls, oh, my gosh, in, like, the most – I don't even know – I don't I'm, – I'm wordless. <laughs> Pat, maybe you have some words. <laughs> like, I can't express, like, the, the creativeness of it. Um, yeah. Uh, I Egregiousness? Egregiousness, yeah. Yeah, sadistic creativity. These tools just, you know, like – like basically what I would like call tongs or, or, or mm-hmm. like a, like a wrench tong thing that would be heated and then would burn through your finger and the bone and then your finger gets torn off. Yikes. I didn't know you could do that. Like, who thinks of that? <laughs> I didn't know that was possible either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of, uh, what am I, how do I put this? Crucifixion-esque type style torturing um like you know symbolism you know christian theme um and then like the normal stuff you know like whipping lashings cutting people's hands off you know so anyway in the trial i promise i'm almost done Mm -hmm. um (laughs) (laughs) so um the biggest accusation of all was that she would bloodlet her servant girls into a bath and bathe in it to preserve her youth. Now, whilst that does feel like something she'd do, like I just get the vibe that that kind of would be possible. However, we have no proof of that. Just keep that in mind. Um, so they go into the, the trial, her servants – Five of her servants, one of them was her wet nurse. Oh, so the, the woman who breastfed Elizabeth yes. when she was a baby. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, no. Uh, oh. The woman that breastfed her babies. Ah, oh, got it. Yeah, okay. yeah, because uh, nobility were far above doing that. Uh, and she had people to torture. She was busy. She's got a day job. <laughs> Don't have time for this. <laughs> She's got a big job to do. Um... So five witnesses were all tortured into confession, which completely ruined the trial. Um, and then the old uh, finger clamp, and then they got buried alive. So that, so we, that's why it's really hard to know because, of course, they're going to confess or co- – anyway. Right. There's just no good guys in this time period, right? Like that's one of the crazy things about yeah. medieval judicial system, right? <laughs> Literally, it's like it's like. Do you believe? Do you believe Elizabeth Bathory or do you believe the Inquisition? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that the the servants all get uh, charged with accomplices to murder and buried alive, but Bathory Oof. couldn't be charged with anything because she was noble. So she got exiled to a room and starved herself to death, which is hardcore. Oh. And that was the end of her life. Uh, probably good. She tortured for 35, 34 years. She got away with torturing people. And the estimates of the girls that died are between 600 and 1,000 people. There's a big gap in understanding there. So. Right. And, wow, we, and we can't like really quantify it easily too. So, 
No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so in Badass of the Week, we cover a lot of like war heroes in general, badassitude in that way. Uh, and this is kind of a different situation of like she's criminally insane and terrifying and scary <laughs> she's and bad. Yes, bad yes. person. Yes. Just like just bad. She's bad. unhinged, so she works perfectly for yes. the <laughs> for you. Exactly. The crossover, the crossover is crossing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, and yeah, like the bathing in blood thing is pretty intense. That's what she's most well known for. And that story, whether yeah. it is true or not, like does kind of feed into the 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 vampire myth right of all of the vampire mm -hmm. stuff kind of comes from transylvania you know we're going to talk about vlad in a second but a lot of the vampire stuff is from transylvania which is where she was from and this bathing in blood thing is a thing that you'll see in a lot of vampire type settings uh vampire type yep. fiction and so she kind of contributes to that hey it's halloween so we're just we're gonna go with it <laughs> we're gonna, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and, and vanity you know like you're gonna yes get some wrinkles you might as well bathe in some blood i guess <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and like you said like she might have gotten a, i mean did she get a bad rap probably not like probably deserved all of the, the being walled up into a room Let's and starving yeah. herself yeah she probably was a very bad person the bathing yeah. in blood thing like you said it doesn't show up until like you know the the first accounts of it aren't until a little later um but yeah i think um but yeah it's it's like you said, it's, it seems like it would fit. We can't it, prove it, that it, it happened, it but we can't prove that it didn't. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like speaking of blood, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we talk about Vlad the Impaler? Okay. All right. We'll take a really quick break. And then when we come back from that, we are going to get into, um, we're going to get into another psychotic homicidal lunatic. Uh, all right. So stay with us. <laughs> Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. 
you just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, we are now going to talk about Vlad the Impaler. And to tell the story of Vlad, I want to begin with an excerpt from a 15th century Hungarian pamphlet uh, that was written by people who hated him. Here begins a very cruel, frightening story about a wild, bloodthirsty man, Prince Dracula. How he impaled people and roasted them and boiled their heads in a kettle and skinned people and hacked them to pieces like cabbage. So that's what we're about to get into here. So get ready for Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) Um, So Vlad... He's Vlad the Third. His he's known as Tepish. Um, he's from a place called Wallachia, which is in present day Romania. Um, but he was born in Transylvania. And Tepish, by the way, just means impaler. Oh, really? In Romanian. Oh, cool. I never, I literally never knew that. I've been until just now. <laughs> okay, so perfect. Uh, so he was, I guess, as a child, he was just Vlad the Third or Vlad of Wallachia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, his dad was Vlad the Second. Right, his Vlad, his dad, his Vlad, his dad was Vlad the <laughs> Second. Dracul, yeah. which means the dragon, and so Dracula mm-hmm. just means uh, son of the dragon, which is cool. Yeah. But it's not what we think about when we think about Dracula's anymore, and so yeah. But that it means son yeah. of the dragon. And- 
And he was called, or Vlad the Dad was called the Dragon because he had been inducted into this secret society of knights or something like that that was known as the Order of the Dragon. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so 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 Vlad is born in Transylvania. He has a castle that's in present-day Romania. He's about 100 years earlier than Elizabeth Bathory. So Dracula, a.k.a. Vlad III, had a pretty rough childhood. At the age of 11, he was captured by the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire and shipped off to Adrianople, modern Edirne, where he, and also his brother, who I believe was known as Radu the Handsome, would spend the next six years growing up as prisoners of the Turkish court. Right. And the idea here was that this would like bring the bring the Ottoman Empire and Wallachia a little closer, right? This is the 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 Greyjoys sending their kid to Stark Castle, right? Like the Ottomans yeah. are kind of dominating Eastern <laughs> Europe at this point. They've got they've um, Mehmet the Conqueror is up and coming, but uh, he's going to actually be growing up with Vlad in this castle in Adrianople. But uh, the idea is the Ottomans are trying to move into Eastern Europe, and um, they're mm-hmm. they're a dominant power, and they they dominate Dracul and say, hey, you know, we won't kill you if you send your kid to come live with us as a hostage, and it works out well because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on the one hand, now Vlad II is not going to cause trouble because his two kids are going to die, and you don't want to lose Radu the Handsome. And on the other hand, um, or Vlad the Third, or Vlad yeah. the Third, right? I assume. <laughs> yes, and yeah. um, the son of the dragon. And on the other hand, like now we've got these two kids in our castle, and we can indoctrinate them into our, you know, we can grow, mm-hmm. they grow up with our guys. And so when, when your kids and our kids both become adults, they'll be buddies and everybody will be happy and whatever. Uh, not how it works out because. And it's all sunshine and cupcakes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a good idea. On paper, it's a decent plan. The problem is that, uh, is that Dracula didn't go along with the plan. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, yes. He was, yeah. uh... what, what is the saying? Like, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy, and no lesson plan, shall we say, survives first contact with a bunch of eleven-year-olds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. Here we have Vlad the Third growing up with Memmet the Conqueror. So Vlad the Impaler and Memmet the Conqueror are both kind of boys at this time period growing up together. And Dracula mm-hmm. is very mad about he's very mad about being a hostage here, and he causes trouble, and he gets whipped and beaten up and tortured, and all of these bad things happen to him in Turkey because he just will not play along and play nice with the other boys. He is he is a captive here, and he is a hostage, and he never stops trying to escape and cause trouble. And um, he is not happy about it. Yeah, he is yeah. not happy about it. Uh, and it actually works out that being here in Ottoman captivity probably was a good thing for him because back in uh, back in Wallachia, um, some guy named Vladislav uh, seizes the throne from Vlad's father uh, and pulls his face off with with those iron pokers we were just talking about, and uh, and and. Dracul dies from that. Uh, then older, the older brother of Dracula. He did not survive the face pulling. Did not survive having his face pulled off with red hot pokers. No, he did no. not. <laughs> no, uh, Dracula's. No. This was older... not. This is not some like new spa treatment. Yeah. No. And yeah. also, um, I just want to make sure the Dracul who's getting his face pulled off is Vlad the Dad, Vlad the Second. Yeah, right. Vlad the Dad. And I just want to make the yes, Dad the Impaler. Yeah, no I just want to make it clear because we've got Dracul and then we've got Dracula. Yes. And these are two different dudes. And then baby Vlad. 
gets mad. Right. Yeah. So so we will end the confusion now because the, the, this is the end of the story for 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 Dad the Impaler. He's he's out of the picture now. He's got his face pulled off and he's dead. Dracula has an older brother um, who uh, gets his eyes burned out with a red hot poker and is buried alive by this Vladislav guy, um, and he also dies from that. So that's the end of those guys. That sucks. Vlad the Third is now the heir to Wallachia, except that it's in the possession of a usurper at the moment. Okay, so this is still the Vladislav guy, right? Yes, Vladislav. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's the situation: Vlad is in Adrianople with. Mehmet the Conqueror and these uh, Ottomans raising him. His father and older brother are dead, killed by a usurper who also doesn't like the Ottoman Empire. So the Ottomans say, here's a good opportunity for us to send a huge army with Vlad, the rightful heir to the throne. We will conquer Wallachia. We'll put Dracula on the throne of Wallachia where he belongs and he will have loyalty to us because we put him where we put him there. This is a flawless plan. We fed him breakfast every day for years. Right, yeah. yeah he owes us something. That's a, that's a decent strategy, mm-hmm. yeah. in theory. Yeah, in theory. In theory. Assuming that <laughs> Vlad Dracula wants to play along with these... <laughs> with the Ottoman Empire, uh, this actually works out. This will work out great. Right. his entire childhood. <laughs> right. Sure. So this giant Ottoman Empire army shows up with Vlad, uh, you know, ostensibly leading them, um, and they crush the Wallachians. They destroy Vla- Vladislav. Um, according to the story, Dracula defeats him in single combat. You know, in the throne room. Very dramatic movie sequence here of Vlad is avenging his father and his brother with a sword in front of the throne of Wallachia that in fighting the usurper in single combat. Um, that's the story. It seems probably that's not what happened, but you know, it's a great <laughs> it story. So it's going. No, that's, that is how the movie version it's of this plays story, out. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So in 1456, Vlad becomes king of Wallachia and he becomes Vlad the third. Uh, and he's got the crown and he's going to, play nice enough with the Ottomans, they go back to Adrianople, say, okay, Vlad, don't do anything crazy while we're gone. And he says, no, you can trust me. <laughs> so Vlad's got some business to attend to. And Tani, let's assume that you are you are Vlad, the Impaler here, and you have retaken the throne of your kingdom from the armies that have usurped it. What's the first order of business for you? Uh, revenge. Definitely revenge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody that supported that Vladislav guy, they got to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is... Yeah, yeah. So you made a Game of Thrones reference, and so I'm going to continue with that. The, the Red Wedding theme music <laughs> that will haunt every Game of Thrones, like, diehard fan for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Imagine that playing in the background. Yeah. So Vlad gets his spies to seek out every single noble person that supported daddy getting his his face ripped off. But this is all secret and underground, right? And so he then has 200 names that he happens to invite to uh, an Easter feast 
as the new king to get to know everyone. Oh, and bring your families with you. So <laughs> fun times. He sends out these invites and they all come. They all come to this Easter feast and they're like, oh, yes, the great king. Um, yeah. And then anyway. So, so what happens to these guys? The doors lock. <laughs> <laughs> The, the yeah. head of each of the families, that like the the old eldest of each family, is taken and in front of their families, impaled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't a feast; it was a bloodbath. Yes. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he reigns of Castamere's yeah. all of the men responsible for this, mm-hmm. and then enslaves the wives and children and forces them to build his castle. <laughs> Forces them to move rocks and build a big castle in his honor <laughs> and works them until they just die. Go yeah. on, girls. Yes. Get out into the cold. Uh-huh. Yes. Build me a castle. And, and here's the thing of like the Impaler, right? So he becomes Vlad the Impaler after this, right? He's he, And then he, he goes, he gets busy with, you know, all these people in Transylvania, all of these Saxons in Transylvania, you know, uh, Germanic people you know, Germanic people in, uh, in Transylvania. They got to go. Everybody that backed Vladislav, they got to go. But one thing we should we should stipulate here when we're talking about being impaled is that I had always kind of assumed that this was like through the abdomen, like like you would like you would put a, a hot dog on a skewer. Like, like if you were going to like yeah. like a, yeah. you know, like a kebab that you would grill, you put the stuff on there sideways. Yeah, which technically uh-huh. is true because that technically is impalement. However, that's not how Vlad did it. Yeah. So instead of like a instead of like a T shape, it's more of a. It's more like a corn dog. Well, it's, it's let's just say you like putting things up people's bums. Yeah, it went. It went. Let's, let's just say it. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say it. Yeah. It went, it, <laughs> I want to apologize to all of our listeners for that image. <laughs> I'm too crass. I can't hold it back. No, no, no. I, I, okay, if you made it this far, like this is what you came for. Um, but I still feel like, ooh, that's got to hurt. And ugh, yes. Right. Yeah, you, you sat on it until the, the skewer came out your mouth. Yeah, that's that's how that worked. And it was, that's the impalement situation for yeah. Vlad the Impaler. Uh, corn dogs. Corn dogs, yeah. Did we just ruin corn dogs? Yeah, yeah. probably. Anyway, so we're talking about human beings. We're, yeah, we're and... talking about actual human beings who are dead. And um, in, in, a, in a horrible way, and probably people who didn't deserve to die. <laughs> so, Pat, um... Vlad grows up, and so does his childhood frenemy, Metmet the Conqueror, who is not who now becomes Metmet the Conqueror, but he he was just Metmet the the dude when Vlad knew him. <laughs> Vlad is now the Impaler. Yeah. Metmet is now the Conqueror. Um, yeah. And so, what's fight. his deal? <laughs> oh, <oops. laughs> I mean, fight yes, but we we definitely we, this is good. As far as combat goes, this is an amazing battle of epithets. But why don't you tell us a little bit about Mehmed the Conqueror? Yeah, yeah. So he's the guy who conquered Constantinople. And yeah, and these two guys, that plan, which on paper would have made them besties, did not actually happen in the way that people hoped it would. Um, They hated each other's guts. And when uh, Dracula, a.k.a. Vlad III, a.k.a. Vlad the Impaler, um, seized control of the throne of Wallachia, he oh man, is it print? Has it? Well, is it pronounced Wallachia? Have I been saying Wallachia the it's whole? It's pronounced however. Uh, go follow your heart, Ben. <laughs> follow your heart. Yeah. 
So when uh, Dracula, our guy, just Vlad III, use, I still like my um, mind is blown from Wallachia. Of course, that, of course, the W is a V because it's Eastern Europe, but I would have never put that together. And I'm going to, I'm, yeah, all right. <laughs> Something that I just have to say, because, oh my God, imagine getting the nickname The Impaler versus The Conqueror. Like, I'd be pissed. Like, if I was Vlad the Impaler and I'm up against a guy, The Conqueror, like, I don't know. Which one do you I'm like better? Saying, I'm curious. Like, Where, like, the Conqueror. The I want to be the Conqueror. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he had impaled fewer people, he might have been the Conqueror, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. When you impale 300 people in front of their families, like, you, that's going to stick, I think. Stick. I don't know if that's the I right think word. So. <laughs> okay yeah so yeah. yeah so vlad takes over and metmet is the is the takes over in in the ottoman empire they're both like pretty young they're both in their 20s right so they're both kind of these young guys that are you know have hated each other have 10 years of fighting literally <laughs> wrestling each other um and you know in the old days the Wallachians have historically paid money to the sultan of the ottoman empire to not destroy them and this is the thing that mm. is done in a lot of eastern europe please don't conquer please don't the conqueror us here's some money and vlad takes over and he's like go to hell i'm not doing this and Memhead's like dude what what's your problem and then vlad responds by launching this huge campaign along the danube river in 1461 just burning everything like slaughtering turkish soldiers and civilians and impaling people and doing all of this just annihilating all of the turkish settlements and and soldiers uh in his in, in what he believes is wallachia wallachia uh naturally right so that nice. Med sends two guys to vlad's court to be like dude what is your problem and vlad responds so these are ambassadors ambassadors right diplomats and they arrive in vlad's court and they're like what are you, what is wrong with you and they vlad's like we well, have to take your turban off in my court you have to take your headgear off because that's respectful to me and they don't do that so he has their headgear nailed to their head with a big like think like a railroad spike and they die <laughs> mehmed has heard enough from vlad the impaler and uh and he's just gonna he's just gonna do the thing he's gonna do the, the conqueror thing and he's just gonna crush Wallachia and put somebody else on the throne like all right the Vlad experiment mm -hmm. is a failure we're just going to stomp this guy and find somebody else <laughs> maybe that Radu the handsome guy <laughs> He's, he seems nice oh, yeah. Yeah, Vlad the Impaler's younger brother mm -hmm. maybe the way more chill younger brother that like actually really liked growing up in that empire and was like friends with them and stuff maybe we should chose him i don't know yeah and so you know talk about like talk, talk about epithets right like you, you you would have wished you'd had to conquer i was like oh where i'm, I'm not the handsome one what what's this all about <laughs> i'm the other one can you imagine the sibling rivalry I'm the impaler <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so the turks send a hundred thousand guys a hundred thousand man strong army uh with Radu the Handsome at the head wait, of Wait, hold on, hold on, wait. A hundred, did you say a hundred thousand? hundred thousand soldiers. Which, that's soldiers. a lot. It's a lot. Okay. It, it, I mean, yeah. it's close to the population of Wallachia, right? <laughs> like, Vlad's, okay, yeah. Vlad yeah. can muster yeah. 20,000 tops, right? But but 
in reality yes like one fifth of that right and Mm. those that was not like a sustainable number for him because he and a lot of these guys were untrained peasants with spears and stuff right like the ottoman empire is a professional army they are serious they're not to be messed with yeah um and uh the twenty thousand guys not only includes these peasants and stuff but it includes some of vlad has to call in help from his friends including our good friend stephen bathory uh uncle of of elizabeth bathory elizabeth's uncle <laughs> yes. and here Small world <laughs> funny yeah. how all the psychos are like <laughs> birds of a feather right <laughs> 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 and so um, chat. okay so huge army coming vlad's trying to muster whatever he can um he's not going to fight them he, he's not going to be able to defeat them on the battlefield he's got to come up with some other strategies here and so one of the things he decides he's going to do is he gets a pretty big group of guys and he decides he's going to infiltrate the ottoman camp so the ottoman empire has sh- shown up with their huge army they're all set up in these big camps and he turns out vlad can speak fluent Turkish because he would lived there and was raised there and he knows the customs and he knows how to speak it and he knows what the dress is and what the uniforms are and all that stuff. So he takes a group of guys and he sneaks into the Turkish camp and then he starts setting everything on fire and like causing all this havoc and trying to create this big ruckus to, you know, uh, it doesn't work. He's going to try to kill Mehmed, uh, just try to sneak in and kill the, kill the, the Sultan. It doesn't work out. He does cause plenty of havoc, loses a bunch of his guys, has to escape. Um, and and now it's like, all right, this this little last-ditch effort, it didn't work. So now the Ottoman Empire is coming for Castle Dracula, and it's, it's looking bad. But he's got one more trick up his sleeve, and uh, it's, ba- it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, look, the, the impaling thing has worked for him so far, so... Why reinvent the wheel, Dracula? Why? Yes, absolutely. So Mehmed and his huge army are approaching Castle Dracula, and this is and they, what they see is just just rows of of impaled people everywhere, just rows and rows of spikes with impaled prisoners of war, Turks mostly on them. Uh, probably those three hundred people he'd impaled before are still out there, um, and he has this like hellscape forest of the impaled outside of his castle the forest of the impaled forest of the impaled that's what that's the name that, that is the name that is what the says what the turks refer to it as 20,000 20, people is the estimate could you imagine the smell <laughs> 20,000 people like, is like is like a, a sports stadium like a full sporting stadium like a yeah. like a, like a yeah football stadium whether you want that to be american or australian football like either way like it's a football stadium of dead people on sticks yeah, right it's a lot of people it's a lot of people yeah uh and that would just be that's horrific but anyway continuing it's it's horrific and so and the the turks like i mean that's the the, the turks are extremely religious people and they see this and they're like i'm out of here <laughs> i don't want any part of this even if you're not religious well, this is like demonic stuff, right? Like this is some this is some Satan like devil stuff, right? This is where a lot of this Dracula myth comes from. Is this guy was a pretty dark person and did a lot of really horrible things. Yeah. And um and they see this and they're like, This is demon this is demon stuff. I'm out, right? Well yeah, and, and there's that cultural and religious aspect too. Like that would have just I mean, just like obviously 
seeing something like that is horrifying but then yeah like you said like but as a as a devout muslim like you don't go to heaven until you are buried right like yes and these guys aren't getting buried anytime soon a whole bunch of other customs that i'm not even aware of that probably yeah bad news and nobody wanted a part of it and they left they they went back home and that was the end of it uh i don't blame them so vlad wins this war even though he has no business winning this war and to this day he is like a hero in romania because he saved them from the turks and maybe like being impaled is a fate that's not as bad as being ruled by the turks but i don't know he's a hero in romania and they love him like they don't he's not a creepy figure there he is a cultural hero in romania because of um of what he did to like defend the country against the turks isn't that interesting that's so interesting that's what we talked about with bathory we're like you know how much of this is exaggerated how much of this was propaganda stuff maybe it was only 100 guys and they were already you know like and he set it up in a way that Mm. you know the story is that it true, was twenty thousand. True, true. I feel like that's but... a really interesting difference between the two because, like, she was just being a sadistic serial killer, even though the term wasn't that at the time, mm-hmm. obviously. But like, this was a leader who did that and then essentially won a war without. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Interesting, right? I, really yeah, 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 Tally, I can see you doing um, air yeah. quotes like around one a war, like quote unquote. Yeah, like one a war, one a war yeah. by just scaring the absolute shit <laughs> out of everyone. Yep, yep. He defended yeah. his country in the only way that he could, right? And it's really, it's really an interesting take on on him. And you know, you know, wow. the Romanians will tell you he gets a little bit of a bad rap. Crime was actually really low while he was in charge, if you can believe that. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we went need police. Yeah, when, uh, the, the story that. goes that there was a there was a crown, like this golden crown, and he put it on a pedestal in a public park, and it was like gold with jewels and stuff on it. And um, oh my goodness, and it never was stolen. It it, it was stolen the day after he died, oh. <laughs> but for his entire life, nobody took that crown. I mean, it was priceless and it was wow. in this public park. It's so funny how history repeats itself. Cause like, as you said that, I'm thinking of like the Spartan Agoge, I hope I pronounced that right. Where they like, they encouraged kids to like go and steal something they weren't allowed to. And like, I don't yeah, know, it's yeah, just yeah. interesting. Like yeah, yeah. we just, we just repeat. Yes. I really hope yeah. that the, the impaled forest never repeats though. That's something that would, yeah. would be, um, terrifying it's no it's no good right it's no it's no good that's why that's why this guy is remembered as that's that's why dracula has the and bathory have the conjure the images that they do today amongst us is that it's this is bad people doing bad stuff and and that scared everybody around them uh yep but anyway yeah i mean the turks eventually get sick of Vlad's shit and they kill him in 1476 he dies in battle they cut his head off they nail it to the city gate in Adrianople which is where he grew up um or with the Turks like in Turkey, in Turkey yeah. yeah uh they, yeah, they bring it back which Adrianople is the capital at this point where where Mehmed's uh mm-hmm. palace is his main palace um he's he's in the process of moving everything to Constantinople which he has just conquered which he is also in the process of renaming Istanbul and all of that but in 1476 it's adrianople is the main 
city in the Ottoman Empire, and mm-hmm. they nail his head to the city gates so that and 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 the story is that like it's so that Turks can go and look and be like, okay, he is really dead. He's actually dead. He's yeah. gone and he's dead. It's not like this yeah. isn't like the force of the impaled where you're trying to scare people. It's like, look, you can go see him. You go here and he's he's here. We got him. We got him. It's the real him. He's dead. This specific guy. Yeah. 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 I suppose maybe yeah. what a spiritual impact as well that possibly had. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if that they needed to see. That he really was dead, yeah. you know. Just, just ease their minds, yeah. right? He's not hiding under your bed. He's not in the closet somewhere waiting to jump out yeah. at you. <laughs> Stick a kebab skewer up your ass. <laughs> he was a kind of creepy looking dude in general. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit off with the eye proportions or whatever, but like yeah. Big black know? mustache, big black beard. <laughs> he wore a lot of really cool hats. Every time you see him, he's wearing some really really unique and cool looking hat <laughs> reminds me of like napoleon or something yeah it's anyway. like that he's very distinctive when you yeah. see a picture of him it's very distinctive yeah, that this is him yeah. you're never gonna like you're never gonna confuse him with somebody else <laughs> and they paint him very dark always dark colors so apparently a piece of research came out recently um it was published in the journal of analytical chemistry recently the title of the article is count dracula resurrected Proteomic Analysis of Vlad III, The Impaler's Documents by EVA Technology and Mass, spectro- bleh, mass Spectrometry. What uh, these chemists did is they took some documents that had been signed by Vlad III and somehow managed to analyze stuff. Apparently, you know, you leave peptides and stuff on mm-hmm. the paper, whatever. And they show that he probably suffered from inflammatory processes of the respiratory tract and or of the skin. I'm reading from the abstract of the article. And then uh, they think that it's possible that the, the data they're getting may indicate that he may have suffered from a pathological condition called hemolacria, which is a condition in which you shed tears mixed with blood. Whoa. Wow. So he cried tears of blood. That's the lead, right? That's the that's the drama. That's, that's the clickbait. That's yeah. the clickbait yeah, title. I, I, buried, I, I buried the lead, yeah. <laughs> Vlad Dracula may have actually cried tears of blood when his father was slain. When he got news that his dad and his brother were dead, cried tears of blood and led an army to avenge them. That's nuts. That's nuts, yeah. <laughs> I cannot speak to the science behind it. Um, the article is out there. You you know, it's not behind a paywall or anything. Um, but um, I guess the, the takeaway is that Vlad III is still gripping our imagination. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, when you cry blood, no wonder the Turks needed to see that he was actually dead because I'm probably going to have nightmares about this now. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's that's fascinating. Oh man. Wow. All right. Well, uh, happy Halloween, guys. Uh and and uh Tani, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. I I want this to be thank a four and a half so hour much. episode, but we should probably call it at this point. We sh- we definitely should because we could talk for probably like three days straight. I agree. Where can people <laughs> find more of your stuff? Uh, you can find me on literally every pa- platform. I'm Tani, T-A-N-I, Caesar, C-A-E-S-A-R. People always spell it wrong. Um, on TikTok, on Instagram, 
all the things. And then my podcast is Unhinged History. Awesome. And vice versa. Uh, yes. So we are on uh, the show's called Badass of the Week. Uh, we are at Badass of the Week on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, although I'm very bad about updating social media stuff, so we'll see. But yes, uh, that's where we're at. And (laughs) all right, well, thank you so much for talking with us. This is really, really fun. I had a great time. This is fun. (laughs) And I actually should, this was great. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, now I'm going to go watch Twilight and sip my pumpkin spice latte. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Stay spooky. Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Executive producers are Andrew Jacobs, me, Pat Larish, and my co-host, Ben Thompson. Writing is by me and Ben. Story editing is by Ian Jacobs, Brandon Fibbs. Mixing and music and sound design is by Jude Brewer. Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeart. Badass of the Week is based on the website badassoftheweek.com, where you can read all sorts of stories about other badasses. If you want to reach out with questions, ideas, you can email us at badasspodcast at badassoftheweek.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow, listen, and tell your friends and your enemies if you want, as we'll be back next week with another one. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.